0: And welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast to Silver Chicks. It's Mother's Day 2020. And I just want to say to those of us that are heavy hearted men and women, sons and daughters, mothers and fathers, mothers that wanted to be and are not in the traditional sense of bearing children or being able to have children, period daddies too, everybody that's experienced loss and is not having a Hallmark Mother's Day holiday, I'm sorry, and I hear you, and I see you, and I hope today brings love and healing into the ouchy places in your heart, and if not, know that that's okay, and it will pass, and my heart feels heavy for you. For those of you who are having a wonderful Hallmark Mother's Day, enjoy! Very different in our COVID times, but whatever it is, however, you're doing it, I hope you're enjoying it. So, I wanted to talk a little bit today about the third step and its sister step, the 11th step. So, the third step is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. The spiritual principle is faith. And the sister step is step 11 um, sought through prayer and meditation. Now that I'm thinking about it, it goes into my head. Sought through prayer and meditation to maintain our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And that spiritual principle is living spiritually. So you can see why they go hand in hand. In the third step, we turn our will and our lives over to the power of God as we understand him. And the 11th step is about maintaining that connection to our higher power to discern his will for our lives. And even the spiritual principles go hand in hand. We have surrender or faith and then living spiritually. So I was thinking about that this morning, thinking... What the fuck is that? (laughs) Like, could there be a bigger question in human existence besides, what is God's will for my life? Like, what? That's one of the biggest philosophical, spiritual questions that we are presented with on Earth as human beings. And it just slips off the tip of our tongue in recovery as if it's no big deal, when in actuality, it's a huge deal. What in the world is God's will for our lives? God, how do you want me to live? God, who do you want me to be? How do we arrive at answers to that? Are there answers to that? It's a big deal. However, in AA, Thankfully, we have people that have gone before us that can bestow upon us their wisdom. And step three, surrendering our will and our lives over to the care of God is basically us taking our hands off the wheel and saying, I don't know, and I'm going to surrender this to something that's bigger than myself. And that's a whole other discussion um, of which we've done several podcasts. But if you're having a problem connecting with a power greater than yourself, it's a whole other topic. Um, which this podcast may or may not answer. Um, as a woman in ministry, studying ministry, going into ministry, I've dedicated my life to my relationship with God and how I can serve him and, him and him through his people. And people are often surprised to hear that God doesn't speak to me that way. God doesn't say, hey, Julie, and look. Who does? who? I think there are people out there where God's like, hey, Julie, I want you to do this. Sometimes he does. But for the bulk of my journey, he leaves it up to me. My last attempt at a relationship, for example, I prayed and just tried to discern and he really didn't weigh in. And when that relationship came back again to me in what I thought was the Surely this time, the second and final attempt, I remember saying to him again, oh, God, please, please don't bring him back to me like this, like you did the first time. Like, please don't do to me again this time what you did to me last time. Very clearly, I felt in my spirit, oh, yeah, I didn't do that. And so for me, when I hear from God, it's very specific when I get a correction, or a confirmation, I don't hear an audible voice, but I feel in my spirit a sense of unshakable confidence, or almost like coming up against something where I can't open a locked door. And those are the best times because it's very easy. Like when I felt God telling me to go into seminary, the thought in my head was, I, I all of a sudden had this feeling come over me where he basically said, go to seminary. And again, feeling, not words. And my response out loud as I was driving was, but I don't want to do three more years of school. And I heard in my spirit very clearly, it's not about what you want. And it's like a parent telling a child where there is a healthy level of respect on behalf of the child to do something and you don't question it. Like those of us who grew up with parents that could give you a look and you would I mean, you'd rather throw yourself off the, the cliff than disobey that look? That's how it feels to me. But not in an angry way. I have come to learn that God does not lead through, lead through fear and anger. You may feel anxious about something, but to be led by fear or anger or judgment is not the way God leads. Um Fear is a spirit and it is not of God, the enemy or the devil or Satan or the ego or however you choose to relate or identify that part of you that pulls you into things that are not good for you. That is often led by fear and anger and judgment. You can have conviction, but that doesn't feel like fear or judgment. It feels like a very strong sense that you have to go one way or another despite the consequences of what that is. Um, For example, feeling convicted in faith is very familiar language for those of us who are of the Christian faith. And it just feels like a very powerful sense of what to do, despite if people are going to like it or not. And again, this is just how I feel my journey in faith, how I'm led and speaking from the experiences and studying and contemplation that I've done with others. If your journey is different, your journey is different. But the pastor in me just wants to tell you and someone who loves the Jesuits and the um, teachings of father Ignatius, where he teaches about father St. Ignatius consolation and desolation. Like if you're in desolation and you're feeling fear, um, big fear and big anxiety and big pressure and big stress that is not the time to make a decision it is when you're in consolation which is you feel sure and you feel supported to move forward so that being said um often god's will for your life boils down to god's will for today like god what is your vision for my life that's big That could be mothering, that could be being a scientist, that could be being kind to people and going and visiting and traveling different lands and, you know, making foundations and raising your children a certain way. Like, that's a hell of a lot to consider. But what is God's will for my life right now, often in the program of recovery, means what is the next right thing to do? And that can be as simple, literally, as, are you tired, sweetheart? Take a nap. Are you hungry, angel? Eat something. Are you feeling sad, my love? Why don't you watch something that's funny? Because what happens when we take care of the little stuff is God has a way of speaking into our lives the big things, the big picture things. But we can't get to the big picture things if we don't take care of the little things. In my own journey with God, I am best of service when I'm taking care of the little stuff. Like he won't give me, oh, ownership, um, not ownership he gave us dominion. Um, He won't give me dominion over big things like a sermon, like being of service to someone, um, like going back to school, like whatever. If I can't have dominion on how much I'm rested Um, choosing healthy people in my life, eating properly, the little things that I show I can have responsibility for, he'll give me bigger and bigger things. And in that way, I learn to see how he leads. I ended up in seminary, not because one morning I woke up, and I know this happens to some people, it's not with me. I didn't wake up one morning and hear God saying, Julie, you must go to seminary. I got sober first. I started working the steps. It led me to church. I started going to church. I started. I wanted to be baptized. Then I started doing service for other people. Then I started learning about His Word. Then I was concentrating on the joys of my heart. Um, getting back into classical guitar, ballroom dancing. I wanted to learn sign language, so I went to do that. And through these little steps I started to feel in the joy of my heart that the word of God was a big part of that joy and that worship and church was a big part of that joy and so God as I understood him was the God that was the peace of my heart and he revealed to me in a Christian sense who he was and as I started to feed that joy the joy extended into Well, I want to learn more about him. So I picked a seminary where I could go for a year and take basic theology and history and geography and even biology at that point. And it was only then that he started bringing people into my life that would speak into my life, like a professor saying, what are you doing after this year of study? I don't want all of this to go to waste. And me being like, nothing's wasted in my life. But coming to me with a manual saying, listen, I know you're not a high school graduate. I know you don't have any post-secondary education, but for your year of sign language studies that you did, 30% of our admissions, because he used to be the dean, 30% of our admissions are for mature students and students in special categories, and you fit that. So why don't you just give it a shot? And it was in that season of discernment where I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And I started talking to other professors that are like, you should totally do it. And people in my life were like, you should totally do it. And I'm resisting, resisting, resisting. And that one day where I felt like he was telling me to do it. And quite often, listen, quite often when he tells me to do something and I have this response, then I know it's from him. When I hear something and I go, oh, shit, I know it's him, whether it was leaving relationships in the past. Um, Whether it was going back to school, whether it's making an apology, when I have the, oh, shit moment, I know it's usually something I have to do. And when he said, I don't, it's not about what you want, I went, oh, shit. And that's just the way it works for me. Some of my Christian friends will be mortified to hear me talking about my relationship with God and my discernment process with them. But guess what? It's between me and God. And it's my business with him that I have to tend to, not my business with them and their business with God. So tend to the little things. Discipline is a huge door opener in life. Because when we're disciplined, we make a lot of space for things to come in. Because when I'm not tired and I'm not hungry and I'm not grumpy and I'm not a whole bunch of things that get me focused on them, I have so much more light and space in my body for the good things. What I promise you is that if you earnestly have a heart to seek in step Three and in step 11 in your spiritual life or your religious life the will of God as him or her or it has for you I promise that that higher power will answer you I promise you and it doesn't mean you have to be perfect or get it right I have women in my life right now that keep relapsing And I have an inner sense of excitement for them. It's not something I've shared with them because I have learned um, when to keep my mouth shut and let God do the talking and when He's asking me to help someone. But the reason that I'm excited is because I can see that fire in them that keeps wanting to try. And they are earnestly seeking God. And for whatever reason, they are going through a season of struggle, but they are so close. And praying for other people. Prayer has power. My mentor who had a heart attack um, in July of last year, his name is Patrick Franklin. You can look him up. He has his own website. His story is amazing. Uh, He's a professor at Tyndale. He's, like I said, my mentor. He should be dead right now. He had a Widowmaker heart attack last year. And the collective response that God put into the hearts of people that both knew and did not know him in prayer saved his life. And he's better at telling that story than I am. I believe he's writing a book on it right now. It's amazing to sit down and talk with him about it. But so many of us had these supernatural, amazing moments where we felt in the middle of the night, during the day, through people, through situations, such—and I'll speak for myself, but I've heard the story for many people— such a prompting and a conviction to pray very specific things over this man whether it was through bible verses or worship songs or specific words that came into our head and um, he's compromised now um, physically in his health but he is returning to teach and he continues to be my mentor and I adore him but it was a very tangible proof to me and many people that were touched by his story That God does work through people. So let people speak into you. Let people pray for you. Pray for others. There's a lot of prayer in this 12-step program. Um, Specifically, I love the one where it talks about if you have unforgiveness in your heart, or they don't use the term hatred, but I will. Hatred for someone. To pray for them every day for, I can't remember how long it is, something like three weeks or a month. And to see how it transforms your heart. To pray for them the things you want for yourself. Um, has a big impact on people's lives. I have people that I have consistently prayed for and seen major changes in as soon as I started praying for them that they don't even know I'm praying for them. It's, it's a superpower. Praying is a superpower. So um, I think that's it. I'm feeling a sense of conviction that it's time to close, so I will. <sighs> Be gentle to yourself. Tend to the small things. If you need to reach out to me, or Lisa, you can email us two soberchicks at gmail.com, and it's the number two. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter Twitter also at TosoberChicks. I will talk to you soon. Have a wonderful day.